the best soup requires a simmer. You know, sure. you don't throw all the ingredients into the pot, crank the heat, mm -hmm. and think you're going to get something delicious. Mm -hmm. So this mindset that we have of um, of racing to the future, we miss the present, mm -hmm. and everything is just like right here, and and it's simmering. You know, I'm the onion, you're the potato, and you know, you're the broccoli. Bim, technological efficiencies, art at Burning Man. No, I'm not playing the game. One of these things does not match the other. We are going to unpack an innovative art exhibit at Burning Man and how it was able to collaborate with BIM and Revit specialists to create a common human space to transform the way you may think about both. I'm Todd Wyant. Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. You're invited to join my mission to embrace and share the innovations transforming the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industries. Today, I'm excited to be joined by two incredible guests, Mark Oden, CEO of BIM Designs Incorporated, and the talented artist, Sharon Demedia. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Thank Did you. Did I say it wrong? <laughs> oh, man, I overthought it. You an ass I overthought it. I overthought it. There is no wrong answer. <laughs> That's it. That's what I get for checking. I should have just gone with it right before. <laughs> nice. Well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Excited to have you. <laughs> Mark, uh, can you start by just giving a brief background on yourself, uh, who BIM Designs is, and kind of your typical job? Sure, sure. And thank you, Todd, for uh, for creating this podcast and creating a platform for us to speak with you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I come from uh, 10 years in the technology industry. I worked for Cisco Systems, Fortune 100 company. Okay. Um, had a had a great career arc there as, a, as an engineer and then a product manager and mergers acquisitions. Uh -huh. uh, and... Uh, with BIM Designs, I came in as CEO in 2018 and really saw a great opportunity to bring uh, bring care and relationships and um, you know a, a, just a great way of doing business into mm -hmm. the uh, you know into the company and into the industry and um, you know really just a, a appreciate everybody that um, my support network that that helped us get here to where we are. Um, just amazed with the detailing team that we've built. We have an expert team of journeyman detailers that um, you know can uh, spread beyond their comfort zone and, and work on work on art uh, in addition to you know the standard MEP. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, they can get me at bimdesigns.net or okay. modin at bimdesigns.net. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so, Sharon, you have a kind of a atypical background for an artist. How does a how does a scientist become an artist? On accident. <laughs> um, yeah, so my background was in research. I've got a master's degree and used to um, do human subjects research at CU in Boulder and then okay. worked in the health industry for 10 years. Uh -huh. So, And I was raised by a physicist, so everything was logical, it was measured, and it was predicted. Yeah. And then it all kind of fell apart about eight years ago, and it was like I was foundationless and... From that point, I really realized that, you know, everything that really matters most is illogical, unpredictable, and it just can't be measured because it's this mm -hmm. emotional space that um, that we all want to navigate mm -hmm. and we're not quite sure how. So this integration of art technology and the human connection is is like my medium. Yeah. How is, yeah. That, how is that mindset shift of being in the science world where there's you know so much objective fact there right. to coming into something more fluid. Well, the best science is always in finding the right question. Mm. You know, like there's plenty of science out there and a lot of it not necessarily 
what you would say good science uh-huh. if I was to label good or bad, but um, it's all exploration. And so what I realized is how important my science background was because what I do is I'm a systems of observer. Mm. You know, I'm a mother, I've got three children. I was noticing how technology was coming into our lives in mm. a way and how it was influencing how they were and their friends in the world mm. and um, noticing how I felt about it what am I going to do about it, you know? And so I just, science is all about observation. Mm -hmm. And from our taking our observations then and finding a question that we want to answer. And that is creative. You know, that's a very creative process. Innovation and imagination and design is all the creative purvey of the right side of the brain, not the left linear narrow hallway that oftentimes is what we're trained into and value. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so how did the two of you meet? Uh, we met through uh, my cousin uh, when I started um, to spend a lot of time working in Phoenix, where our headquarters is at. Uh, okay. I, I really um, wanted a creative space on top of all the, you know, all the discipline that I was bringing into, into my life and into the company. And um, Sharon and I went on a, a beautiful hike. I, uh, we both love hiking and uh, just you know, got to know each other and um, really, uh, really honored her vision. And I really um, you know, believe in, in a lot of what she's uh, bringing to the world. And mm-hmm. so that, that very much attracted me to, to helping her. Nice. So how did you uh, bring up the, the art design concept to Mark and uh, you know, kind of start to just open up that conversation? Well, it's an interesting thing because it's all relationships. Mm-hmm. I think everything, how we are in the world is a relationship. We have relationships with you know, inanimate objects, mm-hmm. with technology, with people, with nature. And so, you know, when we were introduced, I'm, you know, my friend Matt is just, you know, I think you'd really like my cousin Mark and um, go on a hike or do whatever, you know, like here's the information. So it always starts with the relationship. And so it was very organic. It's not like I didn't even know what Mark did at the time, you know? Um, And I think kind of my greater understanding now and how I feel about how we do design business is and back to the science, there's always an order of operations. Mm-hmm. And quite often we start with this idea of um, how does somebody fit into where I'm going instead mm-hmm. of, so it kind of, I think that if we flip and start with a relationship mm-hmm. that organically that trust and that transparency, it just develops. Mm-hmm. And so, but oftentimes we start with the opposite in business relationships. We start with, we look at the profiles and all that. And I, I intentionally um, don't, mm-hmm. you know, like I intentionally don't look at a LinkedIn profile before I meet somebody. I just want to meet them as they are. Mm-hmm. And then it was through conversation that um, everything that developed developed in a really great partnership built on trust which is something that is challenging in today's world so we built trust first yeah yeah and these uh these traits are are all traits that i I really try to uh, bring into the company and bring out to our client base Mm -hmm. um you know we we very much care about the relationships and the trust that we build with our clients Mm -hmm. and um you know sharon is is, um, really just a natural part of uh you know of that and i it's very important to keep you know strong uh, people in your life and people you support and people that support you and she's mm-hmm. been she's been amazing for that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I heard recently that you have to slow down to speed up. Yeah. For the tying in the relational part of it, that uh, 
and that's something I have to kind of check myself on. I'm a achiever go getter. Right. And so to, to, so I love the relationship part, but I, I can sometimes get too caught up in, well, it's here's like, the end thing. So, um, the best soup requires a simmer, you know, sure. you don't throw all the ingredients into the pot, crank the heat mm-hmm. and think you're going to get something delicious. Mm-hmm. So this mindset that we have of, um, of racing to the future, we miss the present mm-hmm. and everything is just like right here. And, and it's simmering, you know, I'm the onion, you're the potato and you know, you're the broccoli maybe, <laughs> I don't know, but, but <laughs> maybe it's an oat, but it's way more fun to like swim around in the pot, yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of <laughs> see what happens there. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and it brings joy back into every single day, you mm. know, that, that you don't know that a hike two years ago turns into a podcast in Atlanta. Right. Amazing. Yeah. You know, talking about all the things that we all care about mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. So Mark, when she, huh, Sharon started to talk about the her art vision for the exhibit, what about it kind of inspired you to, or even to connect the dots of Oh, Bim and Revit can can help in this process. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was very much the uh, the challenge of um, you know trying to understand the artistic uh, representation and, and visualizing that, mm-hmm. um, and and really challenging my team to to um, uh, hone in on on that creative problem solving approach. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Revit was a fantastic tool that helped us uh, illuminate and, and and create exactly what um, you know Sharon was looking for, and she was able to build upon that and. Uh, take that into, into into fundraising and um, you know socializing the concept, um, and I I, I really um, you know I'm, I'm really proud of the team for for their accomplishment and and stepping forward and taking on that challenge. Mm-hmm. Sharon, did you know anything about the BIM and Revit world? No, beforehand? nothing, nothing. <laughs> and um, I mean, I was human physiology. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, I love to read about things, but an understanding of software. I kind of look at systems as how we stack software, you know, and how we want to integrate them together so that there's this seamless, um, basically like manifestation of someone's vision, right? We're mm-hmm. just taking all these different moving parts. And, and so that was a really critical piece was to partner with Mark and than the detailers because I see the world differently mm-hmm. and they see it differently, but I, but they were all translators of each other's visions. Mm-hmm. And so it was a critical piece because it gave a concrete representation of something that was happening in my mind mm-hmm. and put it into a way that not only myself could greater, gain a greater understanding, 
but all the other people that had to come together to get this. It was a big installation. It was 250 feet around. I mean, I had a semi-truck. It was a lot of moving parts and a short timeline. Uh I mean, we had literally months. I think you guys came up with the design within five months it was built. Oh, wow. Yeah. From concept to design. Yeah. It was pretty remarkable. So, and it was really an important piece. And it was amazing to go through the entire spectrum of from concept to design in a short time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really, uh, really was a very humbling experience, and allowed uh, allowed us as a company uh, to to really um, you know honor the architect and honor the engineer and honor the subcontractor. Um, they're going through so much to to really make you know uh, make these marvels of construction, mm-hmm. and uh, and to to go through the entire um, spectrum of that in, in a short duration really helped me uh, empathize with the clients and their needs and their concerns. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so how did you work through collaborating quickly and sharing your vision, but then talking to the detailers that, as you said, see the world differently and probably have a different vision in their mind's eye? How did you work uh, with them to you know, make sure everybody's on the same page? I, it's all communication. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I put two words you know, we, we talk about communication, but often cur- communication is very courageous. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it does ask you to be vulnerable and to say, I don't know. And we're like in this world where almost you're not allowed to not know. But yet there's so much that we don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not that competition is bad. Who are you competing with? Mm-hmm. You know, we are better. There's a great term in South Africa, Ubuntu. You know, I am because we are. Mm-hmm. What is the point of art? unless there's somebody there to engage in it, not just look at it, Mm -hmm. but actually engage in it. And, and it's the same thing in anything that you create to create for a client is to engage in a relationship and to clearly communicate, um, is very challenging today because it is courageous. It does ask you to oftentimes step out of the box and say, I don't know, and ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, so that was that's the key. And to be grateful. Oh my gosh, these guys were doing it. They weren't getting paid. They were doing it because that's the meaning of life is to contribute to something that's bigger than yourself. And um, what are those things that we contribute to on a daily basis? How do we show up? And so Mark and his team really showed up as this critical piece and foundation that then allowed me to courageously go out and and find the funding and Mm -hmm. learn about fabrication. I was having to learn about a ton of things and and to have that piece held by somebody else was really important, Mm -hmm. that trust to get back to that. Like I knew that that was happening, I trusted that it was, and so the fast iteration meant I could move on to something that I, again, didn't know and didn't even know who was gonna help me in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a really important thing. And, uh, and Brian and Ty, the detailers that, that helped Sharon, they, they mm-hmm. did volunteer their time and they were very gracious with it. And they uh, uh, dedicated themselves to, to, you know, the collaboration and the communication aspect, mm-hmm. um, you know, really uh, understanding Sharon's vision and, and turning that into a reality. Uh, and then going, you know, above and beyond uh, researching how they would use the tool to use Revit to mm-hmm. um, solve the problems, provide the lighting, the shading, everything that, um, you know, everything that we were hoping to build, um, mm-hmm. they, they really dedicated themselves to doing. Uh, and I appreciate them so much for that. 
That's awesome. So. Yeah, and I don't have to. I don't have to understand what they did. It just came out pretty, you know. And I was yeah. like, oh, yes, this, not that. And and that's the thing too is we don't understand really what goes into all the different layers of what we create and how much time that takes to do that. And um, we just look at something and go, that's a nice watch, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, so like their time and to trust that process. That's that's all art. Yeah, it's all art. They are artists. There's no one here in this room that isn't. That's awesome. Uh, so you were telling me beforehand about a story at Burning Man with the uh, collaboration of the artists and how they were layering different things on top of each other. I wonder if you could kind of reshare. I'm not quite sure which. There was a lot of that. So remind <laughs> me which was, one. It was, uh, it was, like, it was a small tent, and there was a couple different. Oh, parts that didn't oh know okay, what the other ones okay. Were doing. This was okay. So this. I always get such a great lesson from Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Each year I go out there and I just have the intention of just show me. What do I need to learn? Yeah. And and as with anything, we can experience our world in many, many different ways. But mm-hmm. this that year for me was 2018. Okay. And um, it was iRobot was the theme, which was all about technology and how it was affecting our world. Uh-huh. And I had just a very serendipitous meeting with a random stranger, which is so wonderful, you know, and we, I have them out here, by the way, yeah. <laughs> like I live burning man out here. I have random interesting people all the time. <laughs> all the time. You just have to enter, you just have to uh, engage. Mm-hmm. But this, this man, I mean, I was just walking by and he says, I've been waiting for you. And he gives me a necklace that it turned out he had built his first art project that year. Cause I was really, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he was a roboticist and an engineer, but he gave me an, a necklace. And on the backside, he says, it says family in 30 different languages. Oh, wow. And then, which was interesting, it was this beautiful medallion. Uh-huh. And then he said, five of the top global visionary artists have just begun collaborating on a canvas, gave me a location and says, you should go there. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, oh, I'm the Oracle. Of course, I'm going to go there. <laughs> and Burning Man is all blinky lights. And it's not also, but it's overwhelmingly bright. And uh. people are riding around. But this little dome was on like a back street. And it was not lit other than from the inside. And it was small. But you walked in and DJ was playing. And there was this couch with people in fur. you know. But it was just like a love seat. So I kind of like squished my way in. And, yeah. um, thankfully, I'm not too large. So I didn't in. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're all like covered in fur. And here's these five guys. And the canvas was huge. It was like as big as the wall that I'm looking at. And they had their hats turned on backwards and their, you know, plaid shirts and slouchy jeans and no mm-hmm. shoes. And um, and they were just throwing paint up on this canvas. And someone would come up and smudge it. And another one would take a template with a spray can. And they, they were creating the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned that this, this canvas was going to evolve over the course of the week. Mm-hmm. So there was the shade, shared vision. Um, we're going to have a painting that can hang in the finest of galleries in San Francisco in one week. How we're going to get there, we don't know, yeah. you know, because here was five of these artists and I watched them throughout the week. I was fascinated. I would stay all night long until sunrise and I'd bring other people in. Mm. They had a tea bar. I'm drinking hot tea and I get to talk to them. And watching them, I just went, oh my God. So shared vision, we're going to have this beautiful painting. 
but each one of them had their own ways, you know, their own way the brain thinks. They each have their own vision, and so they contribute according to that. Mm -hmm. But the second that they do, someone else comes up and layers on top of it according to their vision. Mm -hmm. And it, when that happens often in the business world, we hold tight to our vision and get upset. Oh, wait, but that's not how I see it. But these guys laughed. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, that's better that way. Wow, who knew? So they could hold on to nothing mm -hmm. other than the shared vision that we're going to get to this place at the end. And they all felt super confident when to walk away. I don't have anything to add as the details of the, of the um, painting started to emerge. And then they would come back. Oh, okay. And they'd add in something. But I would talk to them and they said, yeah, it's exactly that. It is um, this allowing of everybody to bring in their visions and this beautiful collaboration where you're not mm -hmm. holding so tightly to the fact that it has to be my way. Mm -hmm. And that really guides me because I will notice in the different design components and the different collaborations that brought this artwork out there, um, I was so grateful. But I noticed there were times where I, where I wanted to control it mm -hmm. according to my space and I'd like, bite my tongue like stop like let them do it let them do it no one likes a micromanager you know it's sure. you know how can <laughs> i keep the story intact mm -hmm. and allow and it just might get better just just might get better you know yeah. and it was so great and had and that was like the experience of the whole week i talked to the guy that did this gigantic projection map art at the base of the man same thing. They just were doing it with technology because mm -hmm. it was all projection mapping. But all the different artists that came with their particular expertise in programming. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I, I think it's such a uh, powerful story to demonstrate what true trust and collaboration yeah. can get you. It was amazing. And it was fun. Yeah. It's fun then. You're not fighting. You're relaxing and allowing. Yeah. All, Yeah. And uh, Burning Man becomes the third largest city in the state of Nevada uh, in, in a matter of 10 days. It, it creates and, and takes apart with no, uh, no impact to the environment. Wow. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's basically a constant construction zone uh -huh. um, in, in utter chaos. <laughs> and somehow uh, everything uh, self-organizes and self-gathers and everybody's working towards a common goal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the point isn't really if one likes Burning Man or doesn't like Burning Man, but as in every gathering, everybody, you know, wants to come together and work for a common vision and, and share that and, mm -hmm. and come together uh, as, uh, as with Burning Man, as with the art piece and as with them designs. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's uh, one of the, the keys there is that they had the clear vision of where the end was going to be. So they could relax in kind of the, the details because everybody was on the same page on where they're, they're going. Even if the, the road that they got there looked different than what they had imagined in their head. I think that that's the magic of anything though. Even, even here, you have certain metrics that you're trying to hit mm -hmm. goalposts, so to sure. speak, but, but the magic is in allowing for the wander. Mm -hmm. That's where you learn things and um, and where businesses truly organically can grow into something more than what you ever first thought. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, we started as this and we became that and that was so much better. So, um, you know, to, em to empower people to push those edges. This So this art project was a 250-foot transparent glowing circle made out of half inch thick acrylic panels that held a design that is how I described time. Okay. There was different messages in that 
the fact that it was transparent was that our only limits are the illusions of boundaries, both within ourselves and between each other. Mm. That there's this permeability to our edges that when we reach them quite often, we become uncomfortable and we turn away. Mm. We turn away instead of push through, your world gets bigger, that, that friction um, is a directional signpost and ask, you know, what is this asking me? It's asking you to grow, you know? Mm. And so push through, it's permeable, your world gets bigger and um, that clarity, it's not money, it's not knowledge, it's clarity that is our greatest power mm. because to be clear is to be more efficient. If, if your whole team, if your CEO and everybody downstream is clear on what that vision is mm -hmm. and you have trust, now you can come into these collaborative spaces and you can speak and hear. You're not formulating your response before the person's even done speaking. You, you're actually truly engaged, which we know statistically only about 20% of the workforce is actually engaged in what they do. Mm -hmm. And yet we spend so much time at work. You know, the joy to be joyful in work. Oh, wow, yeah. how would that feel? Amazing, you know, like I'm so lucky. And um, yeah, so efficiency and clarity translate directly to profitability. Mm -hmm. So the health of the whole organism of whatever company that is relies on these factors that we're almost afraid to explore. If that makes sense. And that's yeah, what's absolutely. so beautiful about Burning Man is it gives you permission to do that. But like Mark said, whether you like Burning Man or not, it's just, it is a beautiful representation and microcosm, but I live it all the time. Mm. And, and that's practice. We have to bring that into our businesses. As in the practice of clarity, uh, yeah. it's, it's it's incredibly important to have that clarity uh, within the organization with your clients. Mm -hmm. um, help you know helping us visualize what what their artistic rendition is um, is exactly the clarity that we seek with with all of our clients. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, so let's get into the uh, kind of nuts and bolts of the creating this mm -hmm. big art installation in the middle of the desert. Yeah. How how did that whole process go? How you know what were some of the the challenges of that? I imagine it's yeah. it's not super easy getting <laughs> things into where Burning Man is. <laughs> so just before that, mm -hmm. um, so there's all these different moving parts, even just to create before you build. Yeah, you know, and everything about this art project um, was about precision where I wanted to move fast and it forced me into slow. Uh -huh. So this transparent glowing wall held 26 humanoid life-sized canvases. Okay. They all had foam cores um, that were used, a CNC mm -hmm. uh, laser was used to cut these molds, but they had all these ridges. And um, so I had to sand all those forms. Oh, wow. <laughs> and no one gets paid. You know, no one other than the vendors, you know, like hopefully, um, <laughs> but um, to bring in volunteers and you were sitting there and all night long, it was, it was like Karate Kid, wax on, wax off and learning how to, when to push hard, mm -hmm. when to back off, how do I smooth the surface that was going to allow the collaborators then, because each of these humanoid forms, once smooth, they got primed and painted with gesso, which is what we put on canvas okay. so that it can receive the medium. Gotcha. So that's what makes a piece of cotton white. Okay. So I painted them all with that. They all got a heart and they held a theme 
that is shaping our world. Everything from empathy, consciousness to seek and adventure and addiction and guilt and forgiveness and sex, all these different topics that are challenging, mm -hmm. take courage to talk about. Yeah. But um, they sat inside the circle with a bucket of paint, uh, a paint bucket full of markers so that people could come in, find what resonated, pick up a marker and start to create. Mm -hmm. So they accessed this artist that lives within us all while simultaneously becoming the art. Mm. So that was, and there was a center mattress kind of circle that okay. was glowing that had a big three inch cushion so that after you did this, you could just sit there and look and, and be like, wow. And they did, like people just sat there and was like, wow. And you could see through the wall, you could see the chaos, but you were safe. Yeah. You were, it was like this infinity pool where you could see the ocean, but you weren't in with the sharks. Uh -huh. You were like held by this collective human emotion that the challenge of technology is that we strip it. Mm -hmm. So it allowed you to feel. Mm -hmm. And it was really beautiful. And um, anyway, so we want to move fast. This forced you to move slow because if you move too fast, you broke it. You just broke it. And it wasn't easy because I wanted to look like it was floating. Uh -huh. So all of this, suddenly I went from, I had a 53 foot semi truck trailer needs for that. I'm driving all over the place, trying to collect all these things. I'm trying to fundraise and, and we get out there finally on playa and like the gritty of the gritty you're driving the truck and here it comes and it's driving across this, Burning Man is like this huge, beautiful blank canvas that wow. has no resistance and full access, which is why I went there. Mm -hmm. The work that I do has um, kind of a greater application, um, but we work in a system, we're all so busy. Our systems are highly resistant with very little access. We don't even accept emails unless there's an introduction. <laughs> we hit um, sorry, I can't talk right now on our phones all the time. Maybe we actually want to talk to that person. Like we don't even, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to be creative because I'm so busy rushing to my future. Mm -hmm. And yet what we want is creativity and because that's the relationship. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it had 56 panels, these four foot by eight foot acrylic panels. So they're awkward and hard to move and they're heavy. And they were held in the playa because it's temporary, right? So how do you construct in a temporary area? They were 11 foot, two and three eighths steel posts that had um, to deal with the wind specs, the engineering. So I had to have it all engineered too, mm -hmm. and all yeah. within this short time. So many things you don't even think about, those little um, details. <laughs> well, it's true of everything. We just appreciate the thing when it's made or the building when it's built. But what goes into it is insane. Mm -hmm. And, um, and no one was getting paid. And it was 20 hours a day in the heat of the sun trying to place these posts three feet deep in the playa. But to get it all to work, there was no stretch in the posts or the panels. And they were held on. There was only one eighth of an inch that ran top to bottom. So I know this is hard to describe unless you're actually out there, but you're trying to plumb and level an 11 foot post in an uneven surface that was not like level, right. um, holding a four foot by eight foot acrylic sail in the wind for 20 hours a day. What's hard about that? I mean, come on. <laughs> and it was very precise. And people would come up and thank goodness they would, can I volunteer? 
how can I help? Mm -hmm. Give me a hammer. I'll pound whatever you want. I went, you can't pound things. It'll, you'll break it. Yeah. So it was, but there were times when, and Mark was out there helping on the build and everybody was an integral piece. Like there was times when we were at a spot where I had to pause because there was like something that I could see that I knew someone else wasn't seeing because they just don't have access to my vision and they're just moving along. Mm -hmm. And so it was pause and um, how do I support this team that is here working for nothing? So it was this beautiful, how do I want to create the business mm -hmm. of art that is coming about? And, um, and I want people to show up because they want to be there, that it feels so good to be there that although they're getting paid, they'd come anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's my goal in terms of culture development. But here, I'd send them away, go rest, go take a break, slow down. Mm -hmm. I need to think about something. And... Um, there were times, I mean, we're bleeding, we're sweating, we're hot. And I, there was one particular night where I was standing out there by myself and um, I'd sent everyone away and there was some things that happened and I was by myself and I was, I couldn't get the gas in the generator because the new nozzles are hard to work, but I had to turn on the light because I can't have people running into three foot deep holes with steel posts. <sighs> you know, during the build and, and I had no one, but the generator couldn't run to turn on my lights cause it had no gas, but mm. I couldn't get the gas <laughs> in. So then I run to go get the solar lights, but the solar lights hadn't charged. So I'm running, trying to put them in a, and I was just, ah, oh, I hope they come back. And the relief as they started to arrive on their bikes, these little, cause this is before the event starts. Mm. So you could really see, oh, here comes some lights. Oh my God, they're coming back. They're coming back. Oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, how do you feed people? Like, how do you nourish um, people? And so it was, it was really an incredible experience of collaboration where um, it's really interesting and it's really easy for, as there's all these different um entities or people that come to check on you mm -hmm. you know the firemen come the rangers come the art support services and you're trying to build at the same time and you're on a really short timeline you've got five days to get it up you know like and um and so i would they'd say where's the artist mm -hmm. and they'd point to me and i'd go talk to these people meanwhile they keep working and it was always changing and it's a very dynamic process as it is. And I would finish that and I'd come back and I'd apologize. I'm so sorry I haven't been helping. Mm -hmm. And I had these great people that said, it's okay, Sharon. We actually love hearing you tell the story all the time, mm -hmm. you know? And, and to, again, trust your team and knowing that, um, and I could see things, but they were more experts in the construction because I had to keep leaving and to allow them to be the expert mm. and not having. So that was a big thing. Like, who's the artist? I get to put my name on it, but it, it wouldn't have been there if it wasn't this beautiful collaboration over time that started, you know, and that that is how we construct cultures and business and partnerships between business and client that can do things that you can't have ever imagined, you know, like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You don't even like the, 
there's no limit to the technology that you're creating here. You know, I, I love that you guys offer so many different things, webinars and, and um, how do we inspire the design to design? We're designing these things. How do we design what we're designing? Mm -hmm. And at the D school in, at Stanford, it starts with empathy, empathy. And that's like for yourself, for the people that you're working with. And, and yet up until um, about eight years ago, for me, it was just a word. I didn't really understand it. Oh, empathy. Is that the same thing as sympathy? <laughs> um, you know, like what's yeah. compassion? And, and I couldn't even say the word love. And yet it's everything that we want. We want to love our work. How does that happen? Yeah, yeah so that was art. So this was, it was this beautiful, in a small space, um, different expression of, of how to construct business relationships, human relationships, how they're not separate. It's mm -hmm. not personal and professional. It is one. You are one person in the world working with all of these different moving parts to create something that inspires mm -hmm. love and connection. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software's Live Lab Learning a virtual classroom experience where students can listen, interact, and learn from veteran real-world application specialists in real time from anywhere in the world. LiveLab is the affordable, convenient way for your staff to take Autodesk certified training courses and even earn some AIA continuing education credits, all from the comfort of your own office. Visit asti.com for more information and let them know we sent you. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. One of the things that struck me as you were you were talking uh, is going back to having that that end sight and vision in mind and communicating that when you said that they said that they enjoyed hearing you tell the the story over and over again uh, on the importance of not just having that end vision and talking about it once and moving on to keep circling back to that and that share the the story and the end of what you're trying to accomplish there it's practice. That inspires people. How many, I know when I worked for in the corporate space, who knows the corporate vision statement? Like, does anyone know it? Yeah. The mission, the mission statement that marketing departments come and agonize over. Does everybody actually know it and do they believe it? Hopefully everybody applied knows because we spent all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. We spend all of this time mm -hmm. yeah. to craft these things that do they translate down to the, all through like, Every piece is important. Mm -hmm. And they, if you don't know why you are there, there is no joy. Yeah. And, and, the, yeah. and the, uh, back to the build process, um, it was uh, you know, very difficult, very, very time constrained. Um, there, were, uh, there were no journeymen on site. Uh, journeymen uh, at a construction site you know, make or break the job. Um, mm -hmm. They're constantly learning. They're constantly trying to be better the, the next day. Um, so there was there was no journeyman. There was no foreman kind of directing the troops. You know, we sort of had to create, you know, uh, build uh, based on the journeyman's uh, design, uh, based on Sharon's vision. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, we were all uh, just doing doing our best at it. Fourteen hour, twenty hour days. Um, you know, in one hundred and twenty degree weather. Um, so yeah, the 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 time that there is to work through any personal challenges that you have during that just doesn't exist. So you you immediately have to just you know, grow leaps and bounds uh, to, to help that vision become a reality. Mm. We danced. Nice. We danced. You got to. Yeah, yeah, you got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Something to break it up. You got to <laughs> dance. You got to laugh. Yeah. Like, what's the point of it all? You know, like, um, 
you know, what's the point of anything? Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of have these four rules. It's, it's, you know, always speak from love, not fear and pause long enough. There's the pause again, pause. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I reacting this way? Mm-hmm. Or pause long enough, um, contribute. So do something that puts something into the world that you can be proud of, um, that creates a better world, hopefully. Uh, you know, don't hurt anybody and to have a really good time because that's it. Like have a really good time. Yeah. We can have fun and make things. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What was uh-huh, kind of one of the, the biggest things that surprised you, whether during this process or once the, uh-huh, you know, everybody had had their say and started writing on the humanoids, what, what stood out? Um, it was a miracle quite honestly, like it was a miracle that it even came to be. But a big part of the reason that I was building was I have another project where I have over 6,000 people have created anonymous self-portraits of their inner dialogues, Mm. which is a hard thing to imagine. But on a canvas, I just draw an outline and a heart. Mm. I sign it and I give people permission in the space. And the researcher, to get back to that, with over 6,000 of them, what I've noticed is that the eyes are bleeding, the mouths are often stitched shut, they're gagged, mm-hmm. the throats have some sort of constriction, including nooses, um, and the hearts are thorny, they're colored black, they're in cages, mm-hmm. oftentimes holding signs that say, help me, and yet the exterior is everything that you would imagine you'd want to be. So we show the world one thing, and inside we're, we have this this backstory that's running, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of the internal program that's actually the one running the system and governing how we create, connect, and relate. Mm. And yet no one was listening. And no one had felt they had a voice because we don't even trust ourselves, let alone to trust somebody else. So um, a lot of this process over the last year, eight years has been learning to trust my own voice. Mm. And um, so these humanoids gave everybody back their voice. It gave them a permission to speak Mm -hmm. on this cross-cultural dialogue around themes that are shaping our world. Mm -hmm. And it was, that was so incredible to be a part of somebody saying, oh my God, like I felt safe speaking, like to inspire somebody to think that they can then go out into the world and and do the thing that they were meant to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like we all search for this purpose. Um, And it, we have it, you know, but it does require courageous pushing against those edges, not retreating from them. Mm-hmm. And you will find it. But uh, I, I wasn't, I was just overwhelmed with humility. Like I'm so humbled by the whole process and how people came together, how we contribute according to our talents, the people that contributed financially couldn't have happened without them. And then, and that was how they played the, um, technologically and then showing up, like how do we show up for ourselves and for each other? Mm-hmm. And it has, and it was truly, if you build it, they will come. People would say, what are you going to do afterwards? And um, I go, they're going to tell me. And, and here I am sitting here. We're doing a cross-country tour Um, with the humanoids, it's going to be amazing and incredible. And once again, using art, art is a language. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we do or hang on a wall. It is something that we speak. And throughout time, we've drawn 
what was important to us on cave walls and graffiti walls now. I was here. I was here. Mm-hmm. We, um, and we are, you know, and art lets you do that. It lets you speak when everything else shuts down. We don't fight over art. We go to museums and we look and we go, wow, do you see that thing in there? No, I don't see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Do you see that? No, no. Oh, yeah, I do. I totally see that. We don't fight over it. It's like this process of wonder. Sure. And then it's like, you go ahead and you hang Matisse. I'm going to keep Van Gogh in my house. We don't say that, you know, we don't make the demands that we do of that kind of homogenized experience. Um, yeah, that was, so I guess, I don't know if that's a really wordy answer, to that, <laughs> but but just a greater understanding um and humility of our my place in the world, mm-hmm. gratitude that I this is my the way I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not apologizing anymore. I used to. I used to. I man, I was scary um, to be yourself sometimes because what if you don't like me? You know, like mm-hmm. it's the playground. It's that right. that child that arrives. Like used to, you go to the playground and you didn't say where are you from, what do you do. You just make things. Yeah. And then at some point, and you make amazing things. You're like, let's go to the green park and we're going to build this thing. And, you know, um, and then at some point you, you start judging your own creativity and think it's not good enough. And then you get told by a system that you're not an artist and we all are. And um, so it's this return to the playground. It's amazing. And um, yeah. I don't know. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that was great. Uh, Post build, um, you know, during, during Berlin. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Bring the package here. Come on. Wow. <laughs> um, during during uh, uh, post build, during the uh, you know the actual experience of Burning Man, um, uh, I, I tried to make it there every day, uh, almost every sunrise and sunset, and I and I watched the transformation, um, the the the. the the untethered collaboration is a, is a phrase that Sharon often used, but that she, she you know, uh, created that, that, that space there. And to see the transformation of these, these humanoids and the self-expression of everybody that came across them, mm-hmm. um, and to see that go out through all the week, people build upon other people, you know, people add uh, quotes and sayings or thoughts that were on their mind. Uh, and they, it all started as a blank canvas, and a, and a blank canvas that Sharon had brought to the table, uh, which, you know, which is incredible. Um, yeah. Thank you for bringing that to to the world, Sharon. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for (laughs) taking part in it. It was um, really magical. On our way here, we were talking about that. Like I was, I was very aware this was the only time I've had three kids, and I think when you're having them, you're in the experience, but it's something that you imagined before. And Mm -hmm. so, like looking back, I thought I was really paying attention to each milestone that my children went through, and I was. I mean. But this, I just, in my age and experience, I was so grateful and just, uh, this is the last first build I'm ever going to do. Not that there won't be more, but it was just, it was um, the people that came in and sat in the middle to be able to sit with people and um, have them talk to you about what something you imagined in your head that went through this crazy process that found its way into the physical space, mm-hmm. how it changes them. It's pretty, I'm pretty lucky, you know, and we all have that opportunity. We just maybe don't think that we do. 
I don't know. But you have the opportunity every single day to say hi to the person in the coffee line. You know? Yeah. I no, I think that's a, a beautiful perspective for sure. But and only people would live that out. Well, they, we can. It's available. It's like right there. You just have to go, yes, okay. You know, like that was that was one of the things is, oh, my God, you mean this has been here all along? Yes. You just have, like, there's one door that you're not, you're, we keep walking through of experience because we're used to it. And, to, and then somebody knocks on another door and you open it a crack or you don't open it at all because it's like a scary door, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, but you open that door and if you have the courage to walk through it, then you see five more doors and they just keep multiplying. And, and again, it's a practice of courage, of opening and pushing against these edges instead of turning away because who knew that this software that works on building the guts, you know, could could bring art to Burning Man in such a beautiful, awesome way. And um, and hopefully, you know, talking to Ty and Brian and you, um, uh, engage a different thought about how we are in our businesses. I am an artist. I am an artist with this software. Mm-hmm. I can't use it. I don't want to understand <laughs> it. But I'm grateful for it because it allows me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, construction has so many uh, amazing traditions um, uh, that uh, I I really uh, you know through the company and 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 through through Sharon and and through the way we experience the world, I want to honor those traditions, mm-hmm. and uh, and I also want to um, integrate technology into that, uh, and that's where applied you know really resonates as well. Um, so integrating technology uh, in, into the construction space to truly change the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is you know an, an, an immense story that I think we can all share. Yeah, he's got to be courageous enough to, to share the story. Yeah, like when I was out, the design of design. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. ontological. It's we are designing technology as it is designing us back. Mm-hmm. We are absolutely participating. How do we participate from a place of complacency or courage? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. That's great. So, Sharon, if somebody wants to find out more info on the art exhibit or the the tour, uh, the tour at seven thousand miles. Yeah, right. we're um, leaving March seventh. Okay. And um, there will be the idea is that humanoids that have already been created upon will always escort blanks. Okay. So they that it's not me; it's this collective dialogue as art that is giving permission to the next person to pick up and draw on a new one. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there will be six humanoids that are completed, um, and they will be uh, three of them come from Burning Man, and they are trust, forgive, and awe. Three of them will uh, are new ones of free, inclusion, and safe. So those six will guide five blanks of money, power, race, religion, and gender. Arguably five topics that are very difficult to talk about. Hot button topics. Yes, they start wars, right? But the humanoids are going to load up in a van. I'm just driving the bus. My friend Lauren is coming. She'll be filming and sharing and we'll start off in Reno and head to Venice Beach. They're going to have 
a beach party, you know? So all of these challenging topics will get buried in the sand and they'll go to Muscle Beach and they'll, so bringing in play to a space that is kind of scary is important. So, and then we'll, you know, we have a itinerary that will take us across the country. They'll play with the aliens in Roswell and, and go to Austin, Texas during South by Southwest to the barrios of New Orleans up through Nashville and, uh, um, they're going to find their way to uh, Washington, D.C. By this time, they will be quite full. <laughs> and they're going to go hang out in front of the White House. We're going to have a picnic on the lawn. Come join us with sodas and such um, in front of the Washington Monument. Go to the Martin Luther King Memorial. There's a party in New York. They're going to get married in Niagara Falls as they take their... And they're going to date the whole way across. I'm not quite sure which <laughs> ones are going to marry each other. But it's just going to have to happen organically, you know? Exactly. I don't know. So, like, that's it. Like, the idea that we need to know something. So, we're so outcome-based that we need to know what it's going to look like and therefore we never start because mm -hmm. you never know. Like, to have the broad view, like, I'm going to do this thing. We're going to... Um, start this new dialogue nationally. It's called the Transform Nation Tour. The humanoids are like these rock stars. I'm just driving the bus, <laughs> you know, but, but they're speaking and giving everyone back their voice mm -hmm. in a way that is fun and playful, the playground again. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're doing a global tour beginning in October okay. that will be three months in length. So nice. to find support and engage because we need all the collaborators and everybody is an artist go to thehumaninterface.com. It's I-N-N-E-R-F-A-C-E. The interface is that intersection between the external and the internal world. I believe that we are, when it comes to technology, you know, it's all about fast. Upgrade, update. How fast is my um, connection? Yeah. And the human connection is actually quite sluggish. Our caches are super full. And we kind of arguably embedded some malware deep into the firmware <laughs> that is running the system and we open it up and clean it by, um, with art. That's and that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, Upgrade I, path for the soul, right? I like <laughs> I'm very excited about your, uh, your national tour and I'm excited about following you and joining a few of those stops. Um, we are a nationwide company. We've worked on 95 projects. Yeah. Um, we lo have locations in eight different states. Uh -huh. We've worked on Texas Ranger Stadium and NVIDIA Voyager, uh, different Microsoft uh, buildings, Google buildings. We've been very, uh, very privileged and honored to uh, make a small impact uh, into the construction community and very grateful for that and very grateful for the artistic approach that, you know, Sharon has helped, uh, helped introduce into the company as well. Awesome. Yeah, I just, yeah, to that point, I'm very grateful for you and, mm -hmm. and Mark's company and his leadership made it easy, Ty. And Brian were incredible people to work with. Um, everything that I've talked about in terms of relationship and trust mm -hmm. is something that BIM Designs is, and I know Mark works really hard at bringing out into the world, and and it's why your company is growing so quickly. You know, um, yeah, and coming all the way here to Atlanta to see you guys, like that's commitment, right? Yeah. To a face-to-face -face interaction that could have been done over the phone, but it's so much better this way, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited to have you guys here <laughs> in Atlanta. Hopefully, the, the city's uh, treating you well so far. Very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the airport it. was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you had art in it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I walked. I was like, oh, listen, wait. 
I can hear birds chirping. And there was all these like glowing green leaves. And I'm like, well, I'm not taking the train. I'm going to walk. And then Mark's like, where are you? I go, I don't know. I followed art. <laughs> that's awesome. Love it. I think that's a, a great way to end the, the podcast is follow that art. Yeah, totally. Awesome. <laughs> follow your art. Yeah. Thank you so much to both of you for, for coming on. Really appreciate you, you taking the time to come all the way out to Atlanta and sit down and, and talk with us. Yeah. Thanks, Todd, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Tana, yeah. and thank Thanks you, for bringing me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, and thank you guys to those watching. If you would like to know any more information, you can visit ASDI.com or you can go to bridgingthegappod.com. You can listen anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Please spread the word by giving us a five-star review and share with your friends and coworkers. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other applied software podcast, the AEC Disruptors. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is produced and directed by Alyssa Chartier, edited by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production, copyright Applied Software 2019.